We are on the very top of Ayn Aleph Amad Aleph 71a as we continue in our analysis of the very first Mishnah of the seventh parak of the seventh chapter. And in our first case of the Mishnah, the Mishnah was discussing a case where a husband takes a nether, takes an oath, and says that his wife cannot get any benefit from him, meaning uh, she cannot uh, receive any food, any sustenance. Um, and the first opinion said that we give 30 days that for a uh, a middleman, which we discussed in the last class, what the middleman exactly does. But they give 30 days uh, to provide food for her, and if it goes beyond 30 days, so then uh, they would have to get divorced. The second opinion, which we will discuss now, Rabbi Huda says it depends on whether or not uh, the husband is a Kohen. If it's a non-Kohen, so then the same law applies as the first opinion. However, if it's a Kohen, so then we want to be extra careful because once they get divorced, they can never remarry. And so we give two months, two months with the parnes, with the middleman, and then they would have to get divorced. Uh, but the language of Rabbi Yehuda is he first, <coughs> excuse me, he first explains uh, that in a case where it's a non-Kohen, we give one month. And then he says, but if it's, it's a Kohen, if the husband's a Kohen, and therefore they cannot remarry because a Kohen cannot marry somebody who was divorced. So then we give two months and then they get divorced. So the Gemara asks, why does Rabbi Yehuda mention the first phrase of uh, that if he's if the husband is Yisrael, the, then we give one month. Why does he say that? It's obvious. He's not adding anything. So two answers are given by the Gemara. Amar Abaye. Kohenes Abaye says, yeah, that is uh, redundant. It's not necessary. But he's just, co- he's contrasting it with the case of the wife of a Kohen. The wife of a Kohen, in that marriage, we give two months. And so he just mentions what happens when it's the wife is a Yisrael, is a non-Kohen, then we give one month. So it's there for the contrast. Rav explains, Rav Amar, no. Chodesh Malay v'chodesh chaser ikibinayu. Rav says that, uh, and perhaps as some of the commentators explain, it's not just a question of being repetitive, uh, but that Rabbi Yehuda changes the language. The Tanakhama, the first opinion says, 30 days, we give 30 days. Rabbi Yehuda says, chodesh echad, we give one month. Is there a difference between 30 days and one month? The answer is Yes. Sometimes we have a month which is 29 days. And so Rava says that Rabbi is saying that we really give one month. We give one month and not just uh, 30 days. If the month is 29 days, so then we only give uh, 29 days. Uh, what is that machlokas dependent upon? What is that argument dependent upon? Whether it's 30 days or one month, which sometimes can be 29 days. So perhaps it has to do with the language of a neder. Uh, with uh, the language, how do we interpret the language of one's oath, uh, which is something which is heavily discussed in the next tractate that we will be learning, Meseches Nedar. Okay, that is that short uh, topic. Comes the Gemara and has the following argument. Rav says, this idea of waiting a month and then getting divorced only exists when... The husband, when he takes his oath that the wife cannot get any benefit, says explicitly he gives some sort of time limit. He says 30 days, 60 days, but since there's a time limit, so it's not forever. And so therefore we say, you know what, maybe within 30 days he'll back out, he'll back down. The wife isn't as upset, it's only for a certain amount of time. But if he just says, he says it without saying giving a time limit, he says what we refer to as stam, he just makes this rule and it sounds like it's forever. They have to get divorced right away. There is no opportunity for change. The wife is very upset uh, and therefore, they would have to get divorced right away. However, Shmuel argues, Shmuel says, no. Uh, 
maybe, even though she's very upset, maybe we give, we give 30 days because maybe he will back down. Maybe he will annul his oath. He will take it back. And so therefore we give 30 days, even if he doesn't have a time limit. He says it could be forever. We still give 30 days. The Gemara asks that we already mentioned this argument between Rav and Shmuel. We mentioned it 10 weeks ago. We already discussed this uh, 10 weeks ago with regards to the following. When a husband says, he takes an oath that uh, he cannot get any benefit from sexual relations with his wife, essentially saying that they cannot have engage in uh, an intimate relationship. Uh, so that itself had an argument between Beisham and Beisillel for how long do we let them stay married for until they have to get divorced, whether it's two weeks or one week. But there too, we have the following argument. Rav says that this, oh, this whole argument about waiting a week or two weeks only exists if, if the husband gives a time limit. But if he just says as a general, he says it's Stam without any uh, explanation that it could be forever, then they have to get divorced right away. That's what Rav says, and Shmuel says the same thing. as what he says by us. Shmuel says, no. We still wait the one or two weeks when it comes to uh, the oath that they shouldn't uh, engage in uh, intimate, uh, intimate relations. So Shmuel says, even if it's Stam, even if it seemingly is forever, we still want to give one or two weeks because maybe he will back down. Maybe he will annul his oath. Uh, so we have the same argument. Why do they argue about it in both places? Why can't we can why can't we learn from one place to the other? So the Gemara answers Utsricha. Our case is different than the case when it comes to the fa- the husband who takes the oath not to engage in sexual relations with his wife. Why is it different? Because in our case, we have an option for 30 days. To have an in-between person, a middleman, who will provide food. And so since there's that option, maybe one would have thought that Rav would agree in this case because at least she will still be receiving food. So maybe Rav would agree that even if it's used in general terms without any limit, maybe he would agree to Shmuel in this case and say, you know what, let's give uh, some more time. No, comes Rav to say, no, we don't say that even though there's a middleman and she still receives food. We don't say that and... If there's no time limit, they have to get divorced right away, according to Rob. Similarly, uh, maybe one might have thought that Shmuel would hold that they have to get divorced right away in a case where the husband takes an oath to say that he, uh, he will not get any benefit from sexual relations because uh, in that case, in that case, you can't have a middleman. There's no, there's no uh, concept of having it. It just doesn't exist to have a middleman in that case. And therefore, maybe you'd have to get divorced right away. Come Shmuel to tell us, no, he still says to give one or two weeks, because maybe the husband will annul his oath. Okay, that is the end of that discussion. Our Gemara now continues uh, with the uh, next case of the Mishnah. The next case of the Mishnah is where somebody takes an oath that his wife uh, cannot eat anything. Either it's referring to any food, or it's referring to peros. Peros doesn't just mean fruit. It means anything that comes from the ground. Fruit, vegetables, wheat, bread, anything like that. Uh, and so Tosus already explains that it can't mean anything, anything completely that uh, she has to starve. No, it means uh, one particular min, one type of food, one type of food. But even that is, uh, is quite an extreme. So it's not about getting any benefit from the husband per se, but it's about just 
the wife cannot eat. Um, now, how could the husband make, take, make such an oath? He cannot. He can only t- take an oath to say that his wife cannot benefit from anything he has. How could he take an oath to say the wife cannot eat uh, any apples or any oranges or, or any fruit? How, how could the husband say that? So we will see in the Gemara, in the end of the day, it's really where the wife is taking her own oath. And she's saying, I take an oath that I will not have any fruit or vegetables. Uh, and that's the oath that she's taking. But before that, before that, it, it would have to be a case where the husband essentially says, if she were to eat any fruit, I can't stop her from eating fruit, her own fruit. I could stop her from eating my fruit. I can't stop her from eating the fruit of the world. But if she were to eat any fruit, so then we cannot, uh, I take an oath, we cannot engage in sexual relations or something like that. And so it, 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 implicitly, he's basically saying she cannot uh, eat any fruit. Okay. So what's the case here? The law is that if let's say he takes this oath, or let, as we will see that the conclusion is where she takes this oath uh, to not eat any fruit, the law is they have to get divorced and give a ksuba right away. Right away. The question is, why does that have to be done right away? So according to Rav that we just quoted, Rav says that it depends. When else you get divorced right away? Even in the first case, it's in a case where there's no time limit. So he says, ah, oh, the second case of the Mishnah is where there's no time limit. If there's no time limit, you have to get divorced right away. So for Rav, it makes sense that our case is where they have to get divorced right away when there's no time limit. But according to Shmuel, Shmuel Kasha, but Shmuel says in all cases, in the first case at least, in all cases, we have to wait 30 days. We have to wait 30 days, even if it's uh, without any specific time, there's no time limit, you still wait 30 days. So what's this second case where they have to get divorced right away? So the Gemara answers, what's the case? And this is now an important rule. What's the case? She is saying, the wife is taking an oath, and the wife is saying that she will not eat uh, from any fruit or from any vegetables or a specific type of fruit, specific type of vegetable, and... What has to happen? So we know the Torah tells us that whenever the wife takes an oath, so then the husband has one day, has one day to uh, to get rid of it, uh, to annul the to annul the oath. And if he either verbally uh, says that uh, he annuls it, or let's say he's uh, sorry, either uh, he has one day to annul it. If either he keeps quiet and therefore accepts it, or he explicitly states that he is accepting this uh, this oath. So then it is an acceptable oath. But he also has the opportunity to, to annul that oath. Uh, so the Gemara now will discuss a very interesting conceptual argument. Conceptual argument. She made, she's the one, the wife is the one who takes the oath. The husband, once he hears about it, has a day to either get rid of the oath to, or to keep quiet and accept the oath. To keep, keep keeping quiet as a form of accepting the oath. So when he does so, so is that as if... He is the one who is initiating this oath, this neder, or do we say that, no, it's really her? Who is the one who's really establishing this neder? She's the one who takes the oath, but we need him to essentially uh, approve of it. So who, in the end of the day, conceptually, who is the one? Do we view it as an oath before he even accepts it? And it's just that he can't, uh, once he, if, he, if he were to uh, reject it, it's rejected? Or do we say that, no, conceptually, he is, it's as if he's the one who's creating this entire neder. He's the one who's creating this entire oath. Now, it happens to be that some of the commentators also point out that the case here of Argamara has to be a case where he explicitly says, I want to accept the, the, the oath of, of my wife, that I, I accept it. Not if he remains quiet. 
Uh, it can't be a case where he remains quiet, but he has to say explicitly, yes, this oath should take place for, for my wife. Uh, because that's even a stronger language. It's a stronger language of really approving of this, uh, of this oath that his wife took. So what's the case? His wife takes an oath that says, I'm not eating from these fruit. The husband accepts it. He says, yes, it should happen. So Rav Meir, who is at least at this stage of the Gemara, our, the author of our mission, of the first opinion, he's usually the position of the Tanakama, the first position. He says, Rav Meir is of the view that when he accepts it, when he says, yes, it should take place, it's like he is the one who's creating this neder. He's the one who's creating this oath. Okay, so it's as if he's the one who's creating this oath. And since it's as if he's the one who's creating this oath, and also he can't back out of it because in the end of the day, she's the one who took it. Right, so he doesn't have 30 days to annul a vow. It's her oath. She's the one who took the oath. So he doesn't have 30 days, but it's as if he's the one who's initiating this. Because she was thinking, why would my husband ever accept this? Why would my husband ever say that I should uh, go hungry and not eat uh, fruit or vegetables? So it's he is the one who's taking it on. So if he's the one who's taking it on, Ramirez of the opinion that they have to get divorced right away. There's no opportunity for 30 days to annul the oath because... Uh, in the end of the day, she took it, not him, but it's as if he's the one who's initiating it. So the Gemara questions this. The Gemara says, Vesavar Mayor, who knows Sinesma Ben Shinel? Is it really true that Rav Mayor holds like this? It's as if he's doing it, but we have the following Braisa. Let's say you have the following case. This is what the Braisa discusses. Let's say a woman, a wife, says she wants to be a Nazir. She wants to take on the laws of Nazirus to not cut her hair and to not be close to a dead body, not to drink wine. The husband finds out about it. So Rameyer is of the opinion, uh, at least at this stage, is of the opinion that, you know what? Um, the husband has the right to annul it once he hears about it. However, if he accepts it, so then it's her oath. It's her oath. And if the husband is upset that she's taking on an oath, even though he accepted it, he has the right to divorce her. I, I never wanted to marry somebody who's a Nazir. So he has the right to divorce her without the ksuba because it impacts the marriage without the ksuba because it's her oath. Yes, the husband has to accept it, but it's her oath and she took this on. So they can get divorced without a ksuba. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Lazar, Omer, who knows in Ezra ben Shinel? If you have to be in Ezra, Yosef, you think ksuba? Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Lazar say no. No, that uh, it's as if he took the oath. And therefore, they can't get divorced without Iksuba. If they get divorced, she has to get Iksuba because it's as if he's the one who's taking this on. But the question is, Rav Meir sounds here, the Rav Meir is the first position, and it sounds from Rav Meir as if she is the one who's taking the oath. That's why he's of the opinion that uh, the husband could divorce her without Iksuba. So the Gemara says, okay, we have to flip it, and we'll see constantly. This is what the Gemara will answer. We have to flip it. Flip the opinions. Rav Meir, who knows it? Rav Meir really is the one who says, it's as if the husband took the oath. Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Lazar are saying that it's as if the wife took the oath, conceptually. So the Gemara asks on this also. The Gemara asks, Are you going to tell me that Rabbi Yosef is of the position that it's as if she's taking the oath and we just need the husband just to accept it? But it's not as if we view it conceptually as if it's his oath. But we have something against this. In our Mishnah, our Mishnah, the end of our Mishnah, Rabbi Yossi says that when she takes an oath, um, it ha- we'll, we'll discuss the, the case uh, later on in the Gemara, but uh, when she takes an oath to not wear any jewelry, so then um, if then uh, they would have to get divorced. Uh, but uh, that must mean that it's her oath. It must be her, it's her, her oath. Uh, sorry, it must be that it's his oath. I apologize. They have to get divorced. 
Um, and that must mean that it's his oath, uh, that he's taking this shvua, and that's why they would have to get divorced. So it sounds like according to Rabbi Yossi, it's his oath. So the Gemara says, fine, Ema, Rameir, Rabbi Yossi, who knows? And Rabbi Yossi, he knows not, so switch the people around. Rameir and Rabbi Yossi are the ones that say it's as if his, it's, it's his oath. Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Lazar are saying that it's as if it's her oath. Now the Gemara has another question. What about Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda is also in our mission. Rabbi Yehuda also says that they would have to get divorced um, after one day in a case where she takes an oath uh, not, to, not to eat any fruit. So it's, her, it's his oath. That's why they have to get divorced. So the Gemara gives two answers. Answer number one is all three are the opinion of who knows in. It's as if it's the husband's oath. Rebelazar says it's as if it's her oath. It's her oath. Um, so the Gemara says uh, that's one answer. Zugi Zugi Kitani. Ah, you're going to tell me now it's three against one, but the Brisa has it as two versus two. So I'll give you another answer. So then I can switch things around. I can say Rameir and Rebelazar have the position that it's as if it's her oath. She's the one who's taking the oath, and therefore they don't get divorced. Ah, oh, we mentioned that Rameir was the first position of the Mishnah. No, in this case, it doesn't say explicitly Rameir. It's the Tanakama. It's the first position. It's not Rameir. It's not somebody else. It's not Rameir. It doesn't say who it is. Rameir and Rameir are the opinions that clearly that it's his oath. At the end of the day, we'll conclude with this. And we have this argument. We have this dispute as to whether or not it's when she, the wife, takes an oath, and the husband has to accept it, do we conceptually view it as if it's her oath or if it's, as if it's his oath? If it's her oath, then they don't have to get divorced. They don't have to get divorced. If it's his oath, so then they would, in fact, have to uh, get divorced. Okay, this concludes this part of the Gemara. We'll continue with this discussion in the next class.